Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you back once again here on a Tuesday. Week 11 of the National Lacrosse League season is in the books. Week 12 is just days away. we got a great program for you once again here. Uh, two great guests coming up in about 20 minutes and about 45 minutes, respectively, here on Episode 66 First up, the swordsman from the Saskatchewan Rush, Ryan Dilks, former Defensive Player of the Year as well, and uh, maybe future Defensive Player of the Year, Ryan Dilks. A little early for that discussion, but Dilksy will join us here in about 20 minutes from now. And then a man that I've been kind of wanting and waiting to have on the program. I know this is going to be your first conversation with him, Evan, a longtime friend of the show and longtime friend, in life as well. Uh, good to see number 10 back out on the turf, running and gunning. He had a great game against Rochester that we're going to talk about. Joel McCready, one of the biggest team guys you're ever going to find in the league. Joel McCready will join us in about 45 minutes. Evan, uh, welcome back to the podcast. I was uh, just in Saskatoon. We just saw each other. I'm back in, in Port Coquitlam now, but uh, how, how are things back in the tune? Oh, just happy the boys got a draw this afternoon in soccer lost mm. the same team nine three earlier this year so oh. i had to be happy about that again so. all coaching right all coaching you know what though they're starting to listen to it and that's i think is the difference <laughs> i so, just love how okay. you just you just take the credit like like you just soak that right in you know you, no, you don't say I no mean, no it's it's the boys <laughs> out there getting it done the the apropos answer but, you just yeah yeah well you know but, they're starting I mean, to listen keeper, to me our keeper was playing off the rails tonight too, so <laughs> that's a whole different story. No, that's and good. It's pretty, pretty, pretty similar performance to what we saw Saturday night. Mm, yeah, well, what a lacrosse game that was. We're going to talk. Why don't we get into it right off the top here, Evan? Let's not waste any more time with chit chat and weather and anything else we can think about. Let's talk some National Lacrosse League action because Week Eleven once again. Did not disappoint. Well, a little disappointed because now you are three games clear of me in the standings as uh, we each took a different team in the opening game of the week, Evan. It was Buffalo at Vancouver. You kept your streak alive, picking against the Warriors. But Buffalo impressive on the road uh, over Vancouver here. 15-8 the final, and the Bandits keep it rolling for now we talked about this last week when we had penny on the show and it was the number of penalty minutes vancouver was taking you know they had games where they took one or two penalties they had 67 minutes in penalties Mm -hmm. that on its own is going to cause you a world of trouble and you know it shows on the scoreboard buffalo had 93 shots, 73 of them on target. Repeat that. Repeat that one more time. 
93 shots, 73 of them on target. So you can't lay this one entirely on Penny. You know, there are a few that squeaked past him. Yeah, but he probably uh, stopped about eight or nine that he had no business stopping. Right. And, you know, it was just one of those letdown games for Vancouver. Luckily, they corrected that a bit later in the weekend. But, don't give it away. You know, but, 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 you, but, you know, Dane Smith had a heck of a night. Um Matt Vince gets back on track. A lot of things went right for the Bandits, at least for Friday night. Yeah, Kluge, another six points. Uh, we had Corey Small on as well. He uh, had a nice game with a hat trick there for the Bandits. So 15-8 the final in that one. And uh, you are now three clear of me in the standings. As we had the same selections for the remaining four games of the week, and we got them all right, Evan. Let's just say that. You went a perfect 5-0 and this week, uh, but so did a you bunch. You want to repeat that? No, I don't. <laughs> but so did a bunch of other people. So, uh, unfortunately. 18 people yeah. went 5-0 and and who you got. Eight, eight, we so you got had some to be smart, on the tiebreakers. Yeah, we got some smart listeners here on Lacrosse Classified. To have 18 people go a perfect 5-0 and and have it have to come down to tiebreakers that just tells me our listeners are learning here on lacrosse classified well, evan and, and they're smart was, they know what they're doing literally it was the one person that had the five and oh had the bandits for top scoring team and had mitch jones as the top score of the week that's what it literally took it uh, and she, there, she's the only one that had well let's you just <laughs> uh you just kind of gave it away evan it's another she it's a person from Bandit, we got a lot of listeners uh, back in Buffalo, by the way. Congratulations to Carmela Kiefer. You are week 11's Who You Got winner, courtesy of Stampede Tack in Western, where we forgot to tell you about Stampede Tack, Evan. you got to remind me when I do that. Whether you're in Warrior Country, Rush Nation, or in there, Bandit Land, Stampede Tack has boots for you to keep you dry, keep you warm in the winter. Do you need that in Buffalo, Evan? Find them at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And, and Carmela, congratulations from week six winner to week 11 winner. That's week six to week 11. We're both winners. Congratulations. Evan went 5-0, and but hasn't won anything yet. Uh, all right, let's move along here. Week six winner, Evan. Uh, Colorado at Saskatchewan. We both took the rush in this one, and uh, this was the NLL game of the week. And holy cow, Evan Kirk and Dylan Ward just playing out of their minds in this lacrosse. I can't remember the last time I saw a goaltending performance in duel like I did Saturday night at Sastel. Yeah, and Dylan Ward coming up with perhaps the save of the year. Mark Matthews does not miss that much of an empty net <laughs> ever. I don't know how the heck he got back to it. Um, That's so exactly what I said on the broadcast, Evan. Yeah. I said, there's the save yeah. of the year right there. Yeah, and, you know, for all those trade ward people out there, give your head a shake. <laughs> there's <laughs> only know? one person, Evan. It's oh, only... no, no, he's got he's got a small yeah, army going yeah, with yeah. him. So, yeah. But anyways, um, and, of course, Ryan Bilks is on the program. He's on the program for a reason. I looked at the stat sheet. I honestly don't believe the stat sheet that's coming back from Sports Logic because it said he had – one CTO in the game, and I'm thinking, That's how right. many times? How many times was the ball up top? They're throwing a cross pass to side, well, be side left defensively, yeah. 
and Bilks is just running straight through the middle. This is why he's so good at it. He's, he's literally hiding back there, and that ball's going the other direction. Yeah, it's just absolutely crazy to watch. You know, he, it was funny. He said he was a little rusty at preseason. Well, that rust eroded pretty quick. Yeah. So, like, I, I think the problem is here is they're they're thinking in order to maybe get a cause turnover, the person that he steals the ball from has to be the ball carrier, not picking off a pass in midair, which is still a cause turnover. Anyways, nine seven the final in that one. Saskatchewan gets their first home win of the season. Streetheart. Rocked out inside Sastel Center. That was a lot of fun. And uh, big home win there. Season series for Saskatchewan as well, which is always a key later on in the year. Yeah, I mean, the one concern that you got to have with Saskatchewan is that the offense is still struggling. I don't think they're getting this three lefty set. You're on this horse, and I'm just going to cut you off here because, listen, the rush outshot the mammoth by, like, double okay it was like 60 to to 40 or something like that in the shots and as we just mentioned dylan ward put on a performance for the ages in this this against any other goaltender in the national cross league for maybe besides vance or or del bianca this is like a 14 12 game so i know only nine is up on the scoreboard here for saskatchewan but they're generating the chances and the production is going to come. Let's not forget that this team yep. has been taking weeks off at a time. You can't get in a rhythm on an offense True. unless you're playing week to week. So now that they're in this stretch of game, let's see. Now let's see. Well, here's the, here's the other thing to throw at this. This is the third time now and the second time against the Rush that Colorado's held their opponent to under 10 and lost. Yeah, that's tough. That's got to be concerning. Well, that's tough on Dylan Ward too. Like you play like that and and your team gets your 7 and and like I don't I don't Colorado has shown that they can score goals and and then they've shown that they can't score goals and I don't want to take anything away from the rush defense cuz I think they were extremely good as well and and we need to move on here because we have other games to talk about Evan but some concerns right losers are the last 4 or 5 now for for Pat Coyle and I think he's just I Colorado's going to ride this young offense and kind of let them figure it out is what I think it's, I I mean I I wouldn't go crazy at the trade deadline trying to upset it uh, you let know, Eli build, McLaughlin was down, had a tech yeah. game out there, but but you know, I, I think both teams offensively got to take a step back and say, what do we got to do different? Eli McLaughlin with a goal of the year potential as well. Reverse backhand top corner on the bounce. Uh, didn't even make number. Dylan Ward was save was number one, but uh, that McLaughlin. Check out the NLL's top five plays of the week. Uh, Josh Byrne in there with a the beauty. McLaughlin, Dylan Ward save in there as well. Check them out. Uh, find them on Instagram at LLL, and they'll be there for you. All right. New York Riptide go into Calgary on Saturday night, and this is the final game where the Riggers will be without the services of one Dane Doby. And, man, did they need a win. I guess the Riptide did as well, but it's the Roughnecks who come out on top, 13-9. The final. I mean, once again, it's a bit of growing pains for New York. They had this one relatively tight for the first quarter, and then Calgary started to explode after that, and that was kind of the end of it. Uh, you know, you got to be happy. Christian Del Bianco's had a few rough outings. He gets back into the swing of things. But Curtis Dixon was really held off the score mm. sheet. And that, 
you know, that's got to be a bit of a surprise. Just one assist. If you like, that's I had all Curtis Mark Dixon Matthews had as well, Evan. Yeah, like I had Curtis Dixon my projected top score of the week, yeah, and I think I'm like, as well. what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at the the score line in this game, and it's you know, first quarter three two Calgary, second quarter two one Calgary. Okay, like you know, you're down two at halftime. You tie the third quarter. And then you, you lose the fourth quarter four to two. So it's not like he got blown out in this game in the scoreline. Like, this looks like a closer game than, than I mean, shots on goal, 51-49. Loose balls are tight. Face-offs are tight. Like, this, it just kind of came oh. down to a few few chances for Calgary, it seems. Uh, Shane Simpson with a nice game. You know who, who I, I saw a couple of roughnecks in the airport on the way home. And and it was one offensive guy, one defensive guy. It doesn't matter who. But the name that came out of their mouth was Connor Kelly, who they were really impressed with in this game. And I think he had four for the Riptide, Evan. He's starting yeah, to figure he did it have out. Four. Yeah, he's starting to figure it out. Yeah. But the thing was, with the portions of the game that I watched, and of course I didn't probably catch most of the first half, but it never seemed like Calgary wasn't in control of this one. So Yeah, yeah. But that's part of the growing pains of an expansion franchise. You got to expect these things. By the way, how about the ruck uh, out of my neck of the woods here and Hayden Dixon? No relation to Curtis, but uh, <laughs> I think he got out of this dropping thing. it with Suter. Yeah, like he challenged <laughs> Andrew Suter, challenging him having I think absolutely no idea who or what Andrew Suter is, and and suits. I think he landed a couple uppercuts early and then said, you know what, like I'm I'm he pulled the seatbelt on him. But like I <laughs> I think Dixon got off real lucky here. If they're if they're standing back and trading, I, I do not like the rookies' chances, but he soaked a couple and they went down and it looked good and the roughneck fans loved it and, and I, I, I wanna give Suits a little credit here for, for not teeing off on a guy like he landed a couple and was like kind of like okay I'm not going to do this to you and, and you know let the kid kind of fell on top of him but I was kind of like oh my what what is Hayden Dixon doing right now and I, and I don't think he had any idea about suits no good on him I looked I was watching this uh, while they're sitting in the parking lot outside the arena I'm like this isn't going to end no <laughs> no a bench interview with Kurt oh Belowski. yeah you asked him about <laughs> Danny McRae <laughs> Kayla asked Kurt so you know what what's it like having having the captain Dan McRae back he's like well it is what it is and he just like I'll say hi to him after the game other than that I don't care <laughs> just like he is so dialed in and so focused on the task at hand like I know this is a guy that he just won a cup with and it's his former captain and obviously they got a close relationship but at the time he didn't want to hear any of it like he's like I'm in the middle of the game I don't care what what that guy's doing over there like I, I'll see him later <laughs> It was absolute golden, and yes, Austin, uh, please get on that. Just dig up uh, uh, 10, 15 Kurt Malowski bench interviews and just montage them together, and it'll, that thing will go viral. Uh, I guarantee it. It will. All right, let's move along into our next matchup, Evan. Uh, three games down, two games to go. Vancouver, playing on Friday night, gets the day off in between. They make the long trip to Rochester, New York, where the Nighthawks were rested and waiting. This is a heck of a lacrosse game. It ended all sorts of crazy to finish off this game. But the overtime winner 
sounded like this. As that was Turner Evans now. The other end of the floor, Jones shoots and scores. Mitch Jones with the OT winner. Mitch Jones screamed out of the box. It was a bad pass. If he got it cleanly, it was sure a goal. He was able to corral it in and beat Ryland Hartley for the goal. They'll double check it, but that's going to end it. So you just heard it right there. That was Craig Wazinski. And Daniel's on the call there, courtesy of BR Live and the NLL. Uh, they did not sound particularly happy about that Mitch Jones overtime goal, and understandably slow. It's It's been a tough go there in Rochester, and that's back-to-back heartbreakers. You'll remember Buffalo tying it up late and then winning in overtime a week ago, and and the same thing happens here against the Warriors. Mind you, Evan, and we're going to talk about this later on in Under Review, there was a goal that, I I think you would agree yeah. with me that really should have counted at near the end of regulation that didn't. And, and Mitch Jones, who scored the tying goal and the game-winning goal, was really hot at the official, I believe, who was Williams at the end of that game and then the end of overtime as well. as um, It looked to us, we got a picture of it actually with a, with a clear foot on the crease. Well, we'll talk about it later, but the Vancouver Warriors, Evan, get the victory here. 11-10, as, as Mitch Jones just says, you know what? I got this, boys. And, and Cash is in four seconds left in regulation and then gets the OT winner. Shorthanded as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is when you go shorthanded in overtime, you're you're counting your lucky stars if you can come away with the win. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I 100% agree that that should have been waved off. Now, once again, an arena without an overhead cam. I don't know why we don't have Later, that. that Evan, we're going to talk about it obvious. coming up and under review. Just... But, 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 and even like I'll just put it this way Vancouver had one disallowed earlier in the game which I think was even less clear than the one that got waved off. Mm, yeah. But let's let's get to this here. And once I wa- I'm guessing the memo probably went out sometime on Saturday from the league office because on Friday night, Buffalo is crease-diving like crazy straight at Penny. There's one on Josh Byrne that should have been a major. It was just absolutely reckless, and that's what caused Matt Beers a world of trouble and a review from Mr. Lemon this week. But in this game, they call a a goalie interference call that was pretty minimal contact. It's still the correct call, but it looks like the memo finally got out. I mean, what else can you say here? Rochester, part of their demise, honestly, two things. The face-off total, 8 for 25, that's not going to cut it. And also, 32 shots off target. That's not going to cut it either. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, but regardless, big bounce back game for Vancouver to, to lose at home on the Friday and then to, to go into Rochester. I, you know, I don't care if it's Rochester or Georgia or whoever. To, that That's a tough go and, and to kind of lick your wounds and then bounce back on Sunday and to face that adversity that, you know, they feel like they got gypped right at the end of regulation and then still persevere and get that overtime victory. That's that's really big for that team. Well, and I, I mean, I don't want to say it was a must win, but if it's, if they don't win, it, this is the crazy thing. 
winning, they're now sitting in second place in the West. Yeah. If they lose that one, they're probably in a world of trouble because their second half of their schedule is a tough one. Oh, man. They got to really – they go to Toronto now this week. And they still got to play the Rush twice. I believe they got to play Calgary twice. Like, there's a lot of big games still sitting on their schedule. But the, the nice thing is, is that a lot of them are division opponents. Mm. They can control their own destiny, too. Good point, Tevin Schemenauer. One game to go here on Week 11, Stampy Tax, who we had in Buffalo, just like Vancouver, played on the Friday night. Uh, Buffalo goes back into their own time zone, however. But it is a road game for the Bandits, two road games, and, and both on the opposite side of the country as they take on the Toronto Rock. And we both had the Rock in this one, Evan. It was a good selection as they beat the Bandits pretty I want to say handily, I think this was probably a pretty predictable game knowing what Buffalo had to face and 13-9, your final. Rock, in the conversation now with those Thunderbirds and Bandits in the north. Now here's one crazy, crazy stat. And that is Buffalo did not give up a power play all game. There was one coincidental minor. They didn't give up a power play all game. So that's normally a pretty good sign. But Nick Rose played out of his mind two forty. 8 of 57. Uh, but Toronto, this is the crazy part, too, to it, is that, you know, you have no Tom Schreiber. You have had no Adam Jones. This offense should be decimated. Latrell Harris. And, yeah. And they're still producing. So, you know. If they got a Toronto lot of injuries. Can, a lot. If, if they can overcome the consistency factor, which is something that's plagued them the last several years, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, no, I, I mean, they've always they've been hovering around that 500 mark, right? And now th- this team looks like a team that is on their way somewhere. Like they, they look like they have some purpose. They look like they have some direction. I think Matt Sawyer's got those guys going now, and and I like the look of this Toronto Rock team. And and we'll see. Like I I, I think Halifax has got to come back down to earth a little bit. I think like they they can't keep up a six in one pace for the remainder of the year. I don't I don't see a good team, but I don't think they're going to finish the year 15 and 3. Man, that's exactly what is probably going to happen, but it's going to be tough for Halifax, there's no question. They 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 had an e- easy start to the season, but mm-hmm. then they started to pull off some character wins which mm-hmm. then changed our minds when it was like Georgia and, you know, a few uh, Buffalo. Well, let's see what happens this weekend. Uh, I'll turn a cup match on the horizon. For the Thunderbirds this weekend. We'll talk about it in the fourth quarter. But now, Evan, quarter number one of Lax Class is done. We're going to move on to quarter number two. And on the other side, we got the Saskatchewan Rush defender. Where's number 24? Took last year off. He's back with a vengeance this season. And he'll join us next here on episode 66. Ryan Dilks of the Saskatchewan Rush is next here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Kevin Crowley from the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lax Clash, your go-to source for all things NLL and box cross. 
Welcome back to Lax Class, episode 66 uh, in the works here. This is quarter number two. Thanks for joining us. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Just heard from our good friends at Pure Vita Labs. Anything else would be on Sportsmanlike. Hashtag powered by PVL. Evan, I know you've uh, you've taken quite a few different PVL products. They got liquid carotene. They got the isolated CEO, MCT oil, uh, creatine, the protein, the recovery. They got it all at PVL, pvl.com. It's all clean. It's informed choice certified and nothing artificial in those supplements either. Check them out at pvl.com. Now, making his debut on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. It is the 2016 Defender of the Year in the National Lacrosse League, back in the NLL after a year's hiatus and leading the NLL in caused turnovers after six games. Ryan Delks on the program. Delks, hey, good to have you. Thanks for doing this. Hey, guys. No, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It is our pleasure as well, my friend. Uh, obviously, the mood, a little different there in Saskatoon, on Saturday night than it had been on the previous two home games as you guys get off the schneid a little bit at home and grind out what was a heck of a lacrosse game, man. Like, I, you tell me, you were out there on the turf. These two goaltenders and Evan Kirk and Dylan Ward put on one heck of a performance uh, at Sastel. Yeah, you said it. It, uh, it. it honestly felt like a playoff game for us. It was a weird weird kind of vibe is that we were still kind of sitting in first place in the West there, but uh, uh, I don't know if we've ever lost more than two games in a row at home. And uh, with the East keep, like the East keeps winning back over there and this new playoff format seemed like this was almost a must win game for us. So it definitely showed how important it was for each team to on the floor that night. Now I remember you telling a reporter back at training camp saying that you Felt you were rusty, didn't feel you were quite there. Obviously, the rust shook off quite quickly after a year um, with the firefighting probation. Yeah, I think uh, just the fundamentals of the game, just uh, passing and catching and uh, doing everything that I I tried to get on the floor as much as I could in the summer and in the offseason, but the NOL is so fast that uh, trying to keep up with these guys and at that speed kind of took a bit of an adjustment but uh i think it's i i don't want to say it's all the way gone but uh i definitely feel a lot more confident out there and back to my ordinary ways and uh, it feels good man if, if, if that's if that's not quite all the way there i'd hate to see when you're 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. i'd love yeah, to I, see i'd love to see when you're at 100 percent they'll see if that's uh if you're not quite there yet a little a uh, little wd-40 and, and just scrub off the rest of that rust man uh and this really like this now it kind of feels like the season begins here for saskatchewan right because you know, the first five games of the year or you're you're stretched out over like 10 weeks 12 weeks of of three months and and five like but now you're looking at at 12 games in the next 11 weeks, and and you guys are going to be get get into a rhythm. How forward are you looking to being able to play every single weekend? Third sided, uh, yeah. It was definitely a weird uh, kind of start, and I, I I don't know who I was talking, to, but it was weird. Like Colorado was playing their t- tenth game, yeah. we were playing our sixth game, so they were already past midseason form, and we're just hit our one third mark. So 
Uh, I know that I know I speak for the rest of the team that we're really excited. It's such a fun group to be around, and now that we can do it uh, every weekend from now on out, and I think it's just going to re- relay to results on the floor. You know, I think uh, our offense is get sharper. I think they played much better last game, and our defense will be able to bond more and come together into our system, and I, I can only expect better things for the rest of the way. Speaking with Ryan Delks, and, and I, I wanted to talk to you about that because you guys, although you had a three-week gap in there, you, the whole team goes back to Toronto for for a weekend to kind of get together and practice and maybe get back to basics a little bit from from what I understand. But talking with, with Coach Keenan and, and some of the guys, like this sounded like it was training camp-esque as far as the tempo and the, and the physicality and the speed and, and the workload that you guys were put under and, and something that you guys really haven't had a chance to do in a long, long time. And, and you mentioned the offense was played great. And I know there's only nine up on the board, but I was saying with Evan, like you outshot him by double and ran into a goalie that was playing out of his mind. But it really feels like that weekend accomplished a whole lot and, and kind of refocused you guys a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And you got to give credit to our owner, Bruce. Like it's not cheap flying everyone in for two practices, but uh, I think he can say he's happy with that investment because that was probably the best two practices I've I've had with the Russian years. You know, it was just, I don't know, at the start of the year, we kind of forgot how hard we had to work to win. Like we knew our team was talented, but uh, in the past it's, it's how hard we've grinded and won those little battles on the floor. That's put us above other teams and Losing two at home, I think, kind of woke us up a bit. And having two hard practices like that in Ontario, I think that really translated into that weekend. You know, like like you said, that was a grind in game. That was a 9-7 win that could have gone either way, but luckily we, both goalies were making unreal saves. And I think we just outworked them a little bit more, and that's what got us the 9-7 win. One of the things we talked about off the top of the show, and this is something I think you do better than anybody else in the league, and that is – the, the offense is feeling comfortable. They're throwing a pass that they think is a normal pass, and all of a sudden you come out of the middle of nowhere and just snag it on them. This anticipation of the ball, how do you develop it? I, I don't know exactly how it uh, – the only way I'm allowed to do that is with, like, uh, my teammates and my D guys help me out, right? Like I, I can't – know exactly what's going on behind me and what my man is i can only keep one eye on it because i also i also enjoy watching the ball so i can see if the pass is coming so it takes uh, kind of a team system to be able to do that and uh, i've been pretty fortunate to uh, get lucky sometimes and i don't know it feels like sometimes i put my stick up and they throw it right in there <laughs> or in <laughs> in uh, the last game sense the guy threw it right on my face so it happens yeah, I, I've actually had forgotten about that, man. How is your face? It wasn't – I don't mean to laugh, dude, but it wasn't quite Zach Greer-esque where, where he took it right in the chops with his helmet. Like, But that did not look all that much fun. How are you doing after that? <laughs> still good. Still got a face for radio, so um, <laughs> luckily uh, my cage was there. It and, did the uh, job. Yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, listen, speaking yeah. speaking of away from the game a little bit here, Ryan, like you, you had to take the year off to, to go through your probation and become a firefighter. And I know you're a happily married guy and all the rest of it. And I talked to you a little bit about this on Rush Hour as well. But for fans that haven't seen or heard from you in over a year now, just tell me about 
Ryan Dilks and the changes in your life uh, since you were last in National Cross League? Uh, well, life is pretty amazing right now. I can't complain. You know, uh, my wife and I bought a house up uh, in northern Edmonton. Um, so, yeah, I got married this past summer. It's an amazing wedding in downtown Toronto with all my friends and family there. And her family flew in from uh, the West Coast here. And, uh, yeah, I got uh, hired full-time on the Edmonton Fire Department. I passed my probationary exam at the end, so I'm uh, full-time now. And the department and the chiefs and my captains are allowing me to play lacrosse still. And I work my schedule. It's not uh, – it's shift work, so and we're not on the 24-hour uh, shift like they do in Ontario some places so it takes a little figuring out and uh, but luckily they're supporting me this whole way and I, life is good right now it, it's she's got her dream job I've got my dream job and uh, yeah it's pretty good one thing that Jumbo and I talk about from time to time is late round draft picks and you know maybe your brother Jamie's now got bragging rights because he went one round earlier than you did in the draft but um, you went in the fifth round, obviously early in your career, you probably had to do a lot more to prove yourself when you were picked that far down the list. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, going into the draft a year early when I was 20, probably, um, it worked out like I was saying, uh, in the rush hour podcast, but I think I got pretty lucky. I did Toronto rock took a shot at me that late. And, uh, um, I came to camp just with the, Hey, what, like, why not attitude kind of, no one knows who you are. You might as well give it out, give it all you got. And, uh, luckily they kept me around on the practice roster and I said, Oh, okay. Like who knows? Like I'll just maybe play on the ro- practice roster for a couple of years. And then I'll never forget getting that phone call from Terry Sanderson three games in saying that I traded to Boston. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, oh, wow, okay. like <laughs> Somebody like, wants this me. Is, this is a business. Like, this could happen. Like, this is not like uh, like a little rec league here. This is pretty serious stuff. So, that's, you know, I'm flying out to Boston every weekend, playing every game. And career's gone pretty quick. And, um, yeah, I honestly, like, it was just a great camp, hard work. And that's, you know, someone else wants a shot at you. And here I am nine years later. Speaking with Ryan Delk, so the, the best thing that ever happened, not maybe ever happened, but the best thing for your career was was Terry Sanderson trading you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Boston folding. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That, that's maybe the best thing that's happened to the yeah. rush. Uh, last one here yeah. for you, Delksy, and, and I'll turn a cup time this weekend. I know you guys get excited about this. Uh, Going into Halifax, I don't know if you ever been to Halifax, and how how much are you looking forward to this? Uh, going to the Maritimes, taking on the Thunderbirds in a big Alterna Cup match. The boys are excited for their first Alterna Cup, so uh, it should be a great game. You know, I, I, this is the furthest east I've ever been. Um, I'm excited. I've got uh, uh, great expectations because everyone I've never heard one bad thing about Halifax. Everyone that's all or anywhere on the east coast, everyone has great things to say. Yeah, so. Same. Um, I can't wait. You know, it's uh, a new experience for a lot of guys on this team. And uh, uh, unfortunately, their team's doing really well right now, and they're kind of rolling. So it's definitely won't be easy. And uh, 
It's going to be a good battle for the Alternative Cup. Well, I'll be watching intently uh, from back here on the West Coast. I know Evan will be watching from Saskatoon. Hey, uh, best of luck there in the facts, man, and please uh, give my best to, to one Papa Dilks in the shadow. Oh, I will. I appreciate And I know he appreciates all the love he gets and all the love you guys give him. So, And I can't thank you guys enough for that. And uh, He's thanks for best. having me on tonight. He's the best. My <laughs> pleasure, our pleasure, and uh, good luck in Halifax, man. We'll do this again. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was Ryan Dilks, number 24 of the Saskatchewan Rush. Evan, and what a difference it's made to that rush back end, not only with him, but Jeff Cornwall, obviously, as well, to bring back what is essentially – two top flight defenders into your fold uh, out of nowhere. It's like, it's, it's not a luxury that every team has. (laughs) Let's say that. No. and Like, I mean, for the most part, last game, he was rotating on a different shift than Kyle Rubich. But when those two are out there together, the lefties don't have a chance. Like you're, you you spin off one of them, the other one's right on top of you. And it's just a lethal combination. Well, I mean, and then you think about the other side with, with Corbeil and Cornwall and uh, like, and then you got Hasek and Messenger. Like, I I don't know where the weak spot is anymore. Like, I don't think there is one. Garland had a heck of a game. I thought Justin Robinson played very well as well. Like, if Justin Robinson is your weakest link on defense, I think you're going to be okay. You know who I think the weakest link is, but we won't get into that. All right, but, let's uh, get into a break then, <laughs> yeah. and we will talk to Joel McCready. To, yeah, just stay away from that. We'll talk to Joel McCready from the Vancouver Warriors on the other side. This is Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games. Loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Steve Dietrich, General Manager of the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class, Episode 66, as we move into the third quarter of the podcast here. And uh, you just heard right there from the Vancouver Warriors. They are back in This is bogus, Evan. Uh, Danny is not going to be happy about this because I'm going to be back in Saskatoon once again, having to miss the Warriors game. But it's country night. One of my favorites, Evan. Grab your cowboy hat. Your Hey, I got a great idea, Evan. Go to Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Pick yourself up a brand new cowboy hat, some boots, maybe some plaid, and then uh, hop on your horse. Ride that thing down to Rogers Arena to take in the Warriors game. They're taking on the Georgia Swarm. This is perfect. Well, as long as you leave that stuff in Vancouver, because you understand that's bad luck in Saskatchewan, right? Oh, the plaid. Yes, I heard there is a No, band. no, no the, cal- the country music, everything is bad luck. Oh, I did not. About- oh, this is news. Yeah, the they're, 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 this is a guarantee that pretty much any time they play a country music song, ah. not only the rush not scoring, but we're getting scored on. Wow, this is news <laughs> This is news to me. This is like the Ben McIntosh jersey all over again. We'll have to talk about this. Uh, they're hosting a Wild West dodgeball tournament. Uh, at halftime, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, I think they're they're going to have a, a a bull, an inflatable mechanical bull. If you can hang on for eight seconds, all sorts of stuff going on at Country Night. Plus, 
the lacrosse game going on, which our next guest will be a part of. He wears number 10 in your Vancouver Warriors program. Good friend of the show and a good friend of mine. It's Joel McCready back with us. Uh, Creeds, uh, it is so good to see you back out on the turf doing what you love to do. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Oh, thank you very much. It's very appreciated, and uh, thanks for having me on tonight. Our pleasure, man. I know you're uh, you're giving your little one a bath right now as we speak. I would expect nothing less uh, than a father of three to, to be hard at work here in the evening, but I appreciate you making some time. And uh, speaking of time, uh, you take take me back early into your career when you were a Rochester Nighthawk. You make the long trip over there, and this was a wild finish, Joel. Like, I know the crease call and, and, and all that, but you guys get a late one in regulation, and then Jonesy wins it. How how good did that one feel on the long trip back to Vancouver? Yeah, that was a crazy travel weekend, and I think um, everybody in the dressing room just said, we're going to do whatever it takes to uh, to get the two points. And uh, Mitch has been a leader all year, and uh, the defense really stepped up, and Penny stepped up, and everyone kind of just uh, – really enough's enough and um we're not leaving without these two points and no one quit and i know i i think we got the ball back with 19 or 20 seconds left when we called the timeout but uh i mean that there's there's some there's some teams or players that might have not thought they were going to get that ball back but we kind of knew on the bench that we were getting it back and then uh once we did uh mitch capitalized and uh that was huge that, that's that really brought the team together and uh just really got the belief and everything going, which is huge. Now, of course, you had the unfortunate call there with a minute to go in the game with the crease violation that wasn't called. And it was a rough weekend for you guys. And we talked earlier on the show about the crease diving that was going on in game one. Was there any, like, obviously, Mitch Jones probably used it as fire, but was there any talk or any bowed heads or anything like that when a call like that goes against you? Um, it, it, I mean, it's tough and, um, we just, the, the coaching staff did a great job of saying, Hey guys, weather the storm, weather the storm. And actually, uh, Jordy got a call back, um, on a goaltender interference and maybe from the previous night, um, they had said, Hey, keep an eye out because his, his really wasn't one, but they called it. So maybe because of what was happening previous, they, um, they went there, but that, that, I, I'm not positive. I'm not sure. I know they do focus calls, but uh, they um, it, it it is it is a kind of like a gray zone, right? Because you're you're always guys are doing whatever they can to score, and that's just how lacrosse players are designed. We're, we're, we're like guys are laying their bodies on the line to get a win, right? So they'll they'll do whatever it takes to put the ball in the net, and the goalies are going to do whatever it takes to keep it out. So. It's just the way that uh, guys are wired in this game. And, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Guys are trying to win, and they're going to do whatever it takes. So, really, the rest, the refereeing and all that is really not up to us. And uh, our coaches did a good job of just saying, do your job and control the things you can control. Well, you certainly did that, Joe McCready. Uh, four goals helping your Warriors to the win and and. Like you're, uh, I'll say this, Joel. You're not, you're not short in the the tooth or anymore. Like you're, you've been around this league for a while, and to see you go down with the the type of injury that you did go down with last year, I wonder. Like, does he got it in him to to make a comeback here? Because that's a tough one to come back from. And for people who don't know, you 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 ripped up your Achilles and. 
I don't know, man. Like to, Early in the year, it didn't look like you were quite there yet, but that game in Rochester, you were bulldodging to the net. You were busting your butt into the corners and picking up. To me, you you finally looked 100% healthy. Tell me about this road that you had to go down to get back to where you are today. Yeah, it was a long one. <laughs> but uh, first, I'm just, I got to thank my wife and my family so much because uh, there's no way I would have, been able to do it without them just their support and uh getting me through it because it is such a long injury you talk to anyone who's been through the uh achilles tendon rupture there it, it takes a long time but uh everybody had my back and were extremely supportive and uh really it's kind of funny people ask do you think you were done or not and then you hear kind of a lot of doubt and you hear people they'll talk and everything and then Really, though, just deep down, the only way you can approach rehab is, yes, I'm going to come back and uh, and do whatever it takes to get back. And that's that's what that's the way that you'll get the best out of your recovery and rehab is just get back on the floor. And then even when you are like you said earlier, when you do get back on the floor, you're not you don't just snap a finger and and get back to where you were. Now you got to now you got to get a couple games in, like you said, and get your touch back and you're your game sense and everything and it's it's still a work in progress and i um there's still lots of work to do but uh but it's a it's a challenge and with the support system i have and uh the guys on the team i mean it's um they've all helped tremendously so it's gonna you just gotta keep on working well tell tell me about this joel because like i know you said it's a long row but tell me like what what type of things i know you got the family life and you're a firefighter but the rehab like how often how long what sort of things were you doing to come back from this like how hard did you have to go yeah well it it was a rocky road because at first i i had heard everybody got surgery so they are able to repair it and then uh they told me that mine tore so high up that i wasn't a candidate for surgery so that was a bit of a blow and i was like okay and then Really, it's it, you kind of just can't really think negatively, and you just have to, like I said earlier, just start getting to work. And uh, I was with Eric Torcha at Fortius uh, and Burnaby, and um, he's our team physio, and he was unbelievable. And we were going about <clears throat> as soon as we could really get to work. Uh, we were going about uh, three times a week as hard as you could, and uh, he it was no excuses and. He, he was with me through the highs and the lows, too, because every appointment wasn't like, oh, this is great, recovery's... <laughs> there was some times yeah. where I was a pain for him, and uh, I'm sure. he stuck he stuck by me and made sure that we uh, we approached this thing the right way. Four and five now with the Warriors this season. Double the number of wins that two years ago the then Stealth had all year. What's different between that team a couple of years ago and the team today? Is it belief? Or is the system, or what is it that bringing a lot more success to Vancouver? Yeah, there, yeah I, I think a, a huge part of it, especially in this league, that you can you see how tight it is everywhere, is just that belief. And a, a game like that Rochester game is is kind of exactly what you want to happen, where you want to just obtain that feeling of okay, we're gonna win. And in this league, it's funny, like you get hot at the right time, and anything can happen. That. The teams that I've been on where uh, where we've had success, it's like you kind of just peak at the right time and everyone on the bench has that feeling during the game. Like no matter what happens, we're going to win. And um, once that happens, you just get rolling. But uh, I mean, we do we do have some young guys that are I mean, look at look at a guy like Claire, who's just he's playing unbelievable and 
he's uh you see him at camp and and i know personally i in my back of my head i was like oh this kid when when he gets his shot he's gonna be good they're not gonna take him out and sure enough that's what he's done and also um eric penny i mean he's uh he's been patient and waiting and waiting and um he's playing great now and uh yeah, just every really you nailed it with the belief. Everyone is just going into the game, and we're not thinking, "Hey, this is going to come to us. We're going to have to earn everything here." And uh, the guys aren't afraid of hard work. Speaking with Joel McCready from the Vancouver Warriors, and, and we had Eric Penny on last week, and and I think you're right. He's kind of gone through that entire gamut of being a third guy, a starter, a backup, back to a starter, and and has kind of grown up and grown into the position. And we asked him about Clay Richardson and the impact that he's had, not only on the defense, but him as a goaltender. I want you to go to the other end of the bench, Joel, where you spend most of your time. And and Roy McDade and and Chris Gill, obviously two new coaches to you uh, in the NLL. Talk about the the job that these guys have done and and what kind of things have you learned from them? Uh, Well, I swear those guys don't sleep because right after one game, we got – film and scouting reports for the next and uh they break it down like to, to everything like they've got uh tendencies and goaltending tendencies and defensive schemes broken right down um before really before we're even off the airplane or the bus um back home so and then i mean that just speaks volumes of their character and of how bad they want to win and it translates to the players guys are like when does he even have time to do that? But we have film handed out to us uh, Sunday night or Monday morning, pretty much immediately after the game. So those guys are, um, they're studying the game like crazy. And uh, it, you just, you see that. And um, it, it really pushes everyone else to get on board and do the same. Now halfway point of the season, the second half gets even tougher. You got Toronto, you got Saskatchewan a couple times, Calgary a couple times. What do you got to keep doing or what do you got to do better to hold that playoff position you have right now? Um, yeah, one game at a time, one game at a time. And uh, and it, it, it is hard in this league because uh, you, with all the travel and everything, you, you try not to think too far ahead. And Guys have a lot going on in their lives and all that, but you just you got to take one game at a time and on game day. Um, as I was saying earlier, uh, the coaches provide us with so much, but uh, – at that same time, you also need to know your value and what you're bringing to the table. And even if you have been struggling, just uh, never give up and uh, just know your value going in. And um, as much as you worry about the other team and what they're going to do, don't forget what you're capable of too and uh, why you're in the league and uh, just play lacrosse. Well, Joe, there's no question why you were in the league. Uh, if everybody had the heart of Joel McCready, I could just only imagine what uh, the sport of lacrosse would look like. Hey, I know you're a man that's got a lot of things going on, including bath time right now. Give my best to, to Jessica and the family, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up down the road. Yeah, I got a future lacrosse player in the tub right now. He's uh, he's already got a stick, so that'll be fun to yeah. coach him and watch him play. <laughs> a couple more, and you got a you got a full line. Uh, are there there hopes, maybe chances of that happening? Oh uh, no, no, we're we're all done. <laughs> the, <laughs> That's the, what the, you the girls, think. That's what you. The, think. the girls are mini tyke, and they're they're loving their little Adonax, so that's pretty cute. And uh, I'm having fun coaching them, and it's it's really cool to see that side of the game. As wow, well. that can't that can't sit very well with Grandpa. 
No, he's bellies through and through. I, I think the first time my nephew put on an Adanax jersey, it was a big deal. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a funny barbecue. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Walt Weaver, retired jersey at Queen's Park Arena for the Junior Sandbellies. Uh Jessica, his wife's father. So, uh, anyways, uh, Joel, thanks for doing this, man. And uh, best of luck with the Warriors the rest of the year here. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon. Yeah, anytime. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Joel McCready right there, Evan Sheminar. That's your first conversation with Creeds. He's one of my favorite guys in the in the game, in the league. And, and I think now you probably know why. Oh, yeah, no, fabulous conversation. Even a little uh, fabulous little conversation from the little one there. So yeah. little still, chatting. Already, still so. chatting in the back. Yeah, there. Well, believe look. me, you know, you guys hear how much I, uh, you know, I, I tell Vasily, I can only imagine how what a proud papa he is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's get to break. Let's get into quarter four. We got under review. We got news and notes. We got who you got. Maybe bath time as well, Evan. We'll take a break on episode 66 and be back on the other side. Keep it right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class Lacrosse Fans. Episode 66 is into the fourth quarter, which means no more breaks here on Lacrosse Classified for this episode anyway. But I will tell you, our friends from Associated Labels and Packaging always have cool things going on around their big warehouse. Through digital printing or flex graphic printing, they provide a wide array of packaging and labels for their ever-widening circle of world-class customers, family-owned and operated for just about 40 years now, Evan, at uh, Associated Labels and Packaging. i still a little tentative to, to reach out to my friend Sean about uh, that Super Bowl loss by the, the Niners a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if he's over it yet or not, so I'm just kind of steering clear of that whole situation. Uh, under review, news and notes, who you got all coming up here in the fourth quarter so let's just do it right now, Evan. Let's get into under review. It's time for under review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. Building fine custom homes one at a time. Don't forget, if you want to get into the construction industry, whether you're a seasoned journeyman or you want to start out your construction career as a laborer, go to gwilsonconstruction.com. Find uh, find the work with us tab up there in the top right corner. Follow the steps. Send in your resume. Who knows? could start yourself a career with the good folks at G Wilson construction and, and build yourself like a 
$40 million home like <laughs> they're doing up there in Whistler right now. Uh, Evan, under review, and we're going to talk about replays in the National Lacrosse League. I have some thoughts on this. I know you do as well. You kind of want to clarify the rule book a little bit. Uh, you start, I'll finish, and, and maybe you can add on to it or something. Go for it. All right. So the section of the rule book that covers replays is sections 17.81 to 17.94. This is actually one of the longest sections of the rule book. And there's actually some things that people think can get reviewed, but can't. There's others that can't but do. Now, we could go on about calls we agree, disagree with. And, you know, we've, we've made our point known that, you know, we think that there needs to be overhead cams at every arena. But let's just go through the rule here on its own. So first off, what can be challenged? And most, and basically what can be challenged is limited mostly to the scope of, is it a legal goal? So did the ball cross the line? Did it cross the line before the end of the quarter? Was there a crease violation? Um, did it cross the line before the expiration of the shot clock? This is one that was interesting. It's in here. I didn't even know it existed until I read the rule this morning. You can challenge whether the player's stick was ahead of the goal line at the point the ball was shot, mm. realizing you cannot bank the ball off the goaltender's back and into the net. Mm. Um, oh, I knew that one. I thought you, you know, were what, talking what, about the, the stick going across the goal line into the net. No, but the, right, but the – you you actually have to have the stick ahead of goal line yeah, extended yeah, at the yeah. time. Can't bank it. Can't bank it. Yeah. Right. Um, things, for example, was the player. I don't see why not, the by the way. The like, I don't, I don't, sorry to cut you off again here, Evan. I don't see why yeah. you why you can't do that. Like, I maybe it's a safety thing for goalies and the padding and stuff, but, uh, like, well, man, well, you can you pretty much score every the... other way you possibly can. Well, I don't know why you can't bank a ball in. Well, if you wanted me to get on the discussion of the crease dives and everything like that, we'd be here tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, also, there's a few things. This is one we saw probably two or three weeks ago. Colorado challenged this successfully where it was that the clock was incorrect within the last 30 seconds of the fourth quarter. They actually threw the challenge flag mm. to get the officials to look to see if the game clock was correct. And they actually risked a... Uh, Delay a game penalty on that one. They didn't have one. Right. Uh, have a timeout. Um, and also, if there's a violation as to whether a defender was checked in the crease or the goalie was contacted in the crease while he has the ball, it's not whether there's goaltender interference. That's very clear. That goaltender interference cannot be challenged. Mm. Um, and the one, the next section of the rule books talks about the number of challenges. The one thing that I think needs to be dealt with here is the rule is inside of the last two minutes and any time in overtime, it is uh, the officials that can review the play. You don't have to challenge on a goal call. But the thing about it is, is that they are looking at goals when it's seventeen ten with 20 seconds to go. You don't need to do that. You yeah, know, or, I mean, take, for instance, the Mitch Jones overtime goal there at Rochester. Like, nobody within 15 feet of the crease and right. ball clearly in the goal. I, I get it. They're, the referees are doing their job because that's what they've been instructed to do. I think some discretionary 
tactics need to be taken in, in those type of situations mm-hmm. or you know it, maybe maybe it's just the the official in inside the penalty box can just maybe give a thumbs up like yeah I watched it we're good carry right. on sort of thing um, the other yeah. things that for me and and right or wrong the the foot on the crease for Turner Evans I, for me I this is what happened I think and this is one everybody's kind of been talking about and I think it's because Chris Williams, who was the official at the time and in the replay booth, I think he was looking at all these angles that were being shown to him. And then the very last one that we got shown on TV, I don't think he actually saw that angle. So he and and none of the other angles were clear enough for him to overturn that call. But when that angle was shown and frozen, it was like, oh. Okay, that foot's clearly on the line. But by that time, I think Williams was like, okay, I don't have conclusive evidence. I can't overturn this and can't, and was coming out of the box. And that's why Mitch Jones was so upset because everybody saw it on the, the Jumbotron and on TV, but I don't think Williams ever saw it. So here's no. the thing for me. So this is the world we're living in, right? Not every arena is the same as far as the production staff that they have their experience, their abilities to to be able to sync. So in some arenas, you can stop stop a free – stay with me here because this gets a little convoluted. But some arenas, you can freeze a picture and then change the camera angle with it still frozen at that point in time. And then you can look and see, like, okay, here's the overhead at that angle. Here's the the goal line at that angle. Here's this angle. And you don't have to move yeah. the video at all. The other thing Call that's... Call the branch so- and the and, and Matt Garrison, Ian Garrison, they use that one quite a bit. Sure, but not will, every arena. Find out exactly at what point the player contacts the ground. Right, and, that's the key. Right, they'll slow it down and then find, and then they'll shoot the overhead. Say, show me the overhead at this exact spot. Yes, to see where and, the ball and, is, and, and that is fantastic. That is the standard that every arena aspires to. That's what I'm sure the the league would like the every arena to have that capability. Unfortunately, it's not like that right now. And and the other no, they- thing is, Evan, the other thing that, that some arenas have the capability to do is have the clock burned into the screen and have that synchronized with the replay so they can see how much time is either on the 30 or the game clock to see when the ball is crossing the goal line or whatever the case is. And again, not every arena has that capacity or capability or production crew have that skill or whatever to be able to do that. So I know Mm -hmm. fans are frustrated. Teams are frustrated. Everybody wants to get the call right. I don't think there's any debate about that. The league wants it. The refs want it. The teams want it. The fans want it. Brock, everybody wants it. It's just not the world we're living in right now. And we're going to go through some growing pains while this league grows and, and gets to where it wants to go. And I think everybody has to kind to take a step back and realize that we're living in an imperfect world right now. We're going to get there. We're just not there quite yet. Yeah. I mean, I was saying this earlier today that Saskatchewan probably wouldn't have the overhead cams had it not been for the World Junior Hockey Championships about a decade ago. So it's a, it's a bit of an arena issue. There's also a few other things that are in this rule, which we started to see a few examples of this in the last several weeks, which people may not necessarily realize um one of them is so what happens if it's a no goal call 
And of course, the play's going on. The coach has still has the same 35 seconds to throw the challenge flag, mm-hmm. and they may or may not get a replay. Well, here's the, here's uh, the but, deal on that, but, Evan. Is that if it's the home team, they're going to get the replay, and if it's the road team, there's mm-hmm. no mandate well, that they have to show the replay for non goals. If it's a goal right. that's wiped out, then yeah, but they don't have. If it's the away team, and I think that's probably something that needs to change too. This needs to be a level playing well, field for that, both that teams. That rule is in there that you have to give equal chance. Now, how quickly somebody can get a replay up on the jumbotron with while well, the play's going live. Now, whether the play is stopped immediately or not depends on the situation here, and that is if the player is atta- if the ball's going the other way and the player's attacking the net, they will wait. They'll pick up the flag and wait for the play to slow down before they pick up. If the play has settled down, they'll blow it dead immediately. Sure. Uh, there was another one in here that uh, was another one that happened not too long ago. I'm just trying to find it here. Oh yeah, the two officials calling a different signal on the goal. Mm. So if one official says, yep, that's a goal, and the other one says no, in this situation, it's a little unusual. So this one is a re- is a replay that is not charged to either team. Officials review. They'll go and review it. Yeah. And, and I've seen they, this happen. They'll, they'll, and they'll take a look at it. Now, the trick is, what happens if that one's inconclusive? The rule is... The low side official, the one that is closest to the net, that is the call that sticks. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. I thought it would have been the head official would have the the overrule there, but uh, low official, you're saying. And the last thing for me, Evan, and, and listen, there is a competition committee. There's a rules committee that they discuss all these types of things, and the Gover- Board of Governors talk about all these types of things, how they can improve, what needs to change. How can we make it better? What What's not working? What is working? For me, the one other thing as far as replays, I think that the structure of it, the mechanics of, you know, getting two challenges, you get an extra if you get one right, all the rest of it, the penalties, the timeout, I think that part of it is really good. What What I would like to see introduced, and this is my personal opinion here, Evan, and, and take it for what you will, I think there needs to be a time limit on how long – these officials, I don't think they, I mean, it's, it should be like, I don't know, two minutes tops. If they can't see it or can't find it, I know you want to get the call right, but you also want to get on with the game here a little bit. And lacrosse, again, we've talked right. about a lot, speed, momentum, flow, all of that. And when when you're taking four, five minutes to, to make a call, I – for me, that's not that's not something fans want to see, and you're going to change the channel or whatever else. I think there needs to be, if you can't find the conclusive evidence you're looking for in a two-minute window, it's time to move on. Well, okay, uh, I'll take two sides of that coin here. There's one side of the coin which I talked about earlier, with, and especially the first couple games of the season where they were taking four or five minutes, and it was pretty obvious to us on the first 20 seconds as to what the call was. So it's kind of what is going on that you have to take a look at every camera in the arena to verify what we just saw pretty clearly. But the flip side to it is, is that if you put a time limit on it and all of a sudden a production crew can't get the feed down to the officials right away, now what, right? You gotta get, you gotta have that flexibility that if the feed isn't there, okay, that you got the time, but by the same token, 
you know, the referee should be able to say, go to the replay official and say, I want this camera and I want this camera right away, right? And, you know, get to the ones you know that are going to well, like I be said, the most important right yeah, away. Some, some arenas are much better at it than others, and that's just a fact of life. Like, when, I, I've noticed when they go into certain arenas, the replay people are – so good and bang on and right on top of it. And it's boom, boom. The communication is flawless. And then I've seen other arenas where it's like, no, no, back it up. Give me that last one. No, stop it. No, back it up. And it's like, okay. And then that's just, again, the world that we're living in here. It's not a perfect science. There's, I think there's work to be done. I think it can be improved. I think some things are great. Some things need a little tweaking it. And this is just the ever evolving world we're living in when it comes to the national cross league it's it's a work in progress that's a long segment there evan i think we we tried to deliver that as best we could as far as breaking down what's challengeable what's not how the challenge process works why that mitch jones goal Mm -hmm. or excuse me turner evans goal counted and and it probably shouldn't have so i think we covered a lot there in under review this week and, and let me throw one more at you just so that it's clear let's take a look at the jordan mcbride goal that got reversed in that like game there now of course he got a he got a goaltender interference penalty even though the play got challenged the referees are not allowed to use the replay to reverse the penalty call well Nor there, could they there's an, that's a penalty. great point evan because there is another wrinkle to the challenge like i think that's something that should be challengeable and there's no reason it's not no, it shouldn't be. If it's a goal that gets wiped out because of a goalie interference call, why can you not challenge that? So maybe a year from now, two years from now, the board of governors and the competition committee get together and go, you know what? I, I think we need to change this. And they may. That's kind of the way it works. So they've never been shy to try new things and to you know keep evolving the rule book. I think that's one thing that Brian Lemon and his crew have been really progressive as far as trying to curtail the rules to make the game as entertaining and as quick and all the rest of it as possible. So I, I don't expect anything less. And again, not a perfect science. It's a work in progress and things will continue to evolve and get better as we move along through time here. Are we good? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you that it's a challengeable thing, but once again, you look at what happened in the NHL, and especially when they started letting them challenge offside mm-hmm. and goalie interference. Wow. It, it went from there's egregious ones that need to be looked at to we're talking a ticky tack. Well, I'm telling you, Evan, you get two, were... you get two, maybe three if you get get it right, and if you put a time limit on it, why not? I mean, anyways, let's move on. Good discussion there in G. Wilson Constructions under review. Keep those suggestions coming. Tweet at us, at Shemlax, at PXP for Sports, at Lax Class. You got something on your mind maybe you don't understand or you want a question answered or you saw something that, that kind of rubbed you the wrong way, send it to us and maybe we take it under review. But now, Evan... Week 12 is upon us in the National Lacrosse League. It's time for Who You Got. Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 
who you got presented by Stampede Tack and Western where Evan, our good friends, sending out another prize pack, this time out to Buffalo. Uh, I knew you were a little late, but Manger, your prize is on the way as well. Stampede Tack, more than just cowboy boots. They have a great selection of CSA-approved work boots, tough enough to tackle any job site you may be on. Check them out in Cloverdale or online at stampede.ca. Kevin Michael Winkler and the gang. Shop online. It's still shopping local. All right, Evan, who you got? You're up by three. Oh, man, this is an important week here. to say you're hosting the rest of the year. No, it's not. I could easily pick five games against you this week and be in the lead by two. Well, I think we're going to have one or two where we might have different picks. We'll We'll see. see what happens. We're only in week 12. The Rush have only played six games, Evan. So just pump your brakes. Uh, By the way, we're in discussion about uh, the potential prize or punishment uh, with Kevin as we speak. So it's in the ball. The proverbial ball is rolling on what will happen at the end of the year when yours truly prevails. Uh, Week six winner. That is all right. Week 12. Now, Evan, you have yet to win a week of who you got. Uh, Maybe this will be the week for you. Don't forget to sign up and get your picks in people. If you're listening to this right now and go, Oh yeah, I got till Friday. I'll do it. No, do it now because our good friend, Pat Gregoire, lacrosse superstar, he had a great week, but he forgot to send in his picks. Tyson Geik, 5-0 5-0 two weeks in a row, forgot to put in his picks. Don't miss out on this. It takes 60 seconds. It's the pinned tweet on her Twitter feed. And then once you do it, then each week Evan sends out an email, BCCs everybody, and it's right into your inbox. You never have to worry about it again. You're going to get an email every week. So just sign up. Take the 60 seconds. Done deal. Fill your boots. Off we go. Who you got? And it starts with an Alterna Cup matchup, Evan, all the way over there in the Maritimes. Pete Dalladay, Patty Gregoire will have the call for this one. Saskatchewan Rush at Halifax. A juicy one right off the bat, Evan. Who you got? And a very well-rested Halifax Thunderbirds. Tough to call. And tough to call because what Warren Hill is going to be there, is he going to have – he's going to have to put in a great performance like Dylan Ward – but you also got the factor of a good portion of the rush team having to travel four times zones over, which never seems to suit them well. Pick your job off the floor, but I'm taking the Thunderbirds. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll be within two after the first game of the week here, as I will take Saskatchewan. I think the rush, Evan, are due for a big offensive breakout. I don't know if it'll come against the Cyborg, and and I know uh, our our friends at the Toronto Rock there took a little uh, material from Lax Class uh, a couple of weeks ago and made a nice little video out of that uh, with us picking Halifax, and and Toronto won that game. Uh, This week I am picking Saskatchewan. To beat Halifax, and, and I think a breakout game is coming offensively from, from guys like Church and Matthews, uh, who were a little stymied against Dylan Ward, and I think uh, the breakout is coming against Halifax. So, I got the rush, you got Halifax. Vancouver 
who has gone, what, Evan? They've gone to Philly. They've gone to New England. They've gone to Rochester. And now they're going to Toronto for the NLL Game of the Week on BR Live, courtesy of Twitter and Facebook as well. Warriors at the Rock, Evan. Who you got? One of these games that probably a month ago would have been easy to pick. Not so easy anymore. But Toronto's been playing so well lately, I'm not going to pick against them at home. Give me the rock. Yeah, I got I to gotta agree here. And listen, Warriors are a sponsor here on the podcast. That's no secret. It's good business for, for us to pick the Warriors. But I got to also keep it real here. And and we've seen the uptick in, in Warriors attendance, uh, Evan. I, I think this is I, – listen, I still care a lot about those guys there in Vancouver. I was around him for a long time, and Joel McCready, we just had on, he's one of them. And, and there's other guys there that, you know, I got pretty close to in my time. And, and more importantly than anything else is I want to see lacrosse in Vancouver and the National Lacrosse League succeed. It matters dearly to me. To all of us. Is it? Is, you know, yes, like, of course. Is, how can you have a league where a play, the place where 30-year players come from has no team. Yeah. Like, but the thing is, I'll be straight with you, is that there are teams in this league. I have questions about the attendance. And at one point, Vancouver was one of those teams. But the way things have been going the last four or five games, yeah. every game, it just gets bigger and bigger. So things are going on the right path. It's getting better. It's getting better. Now, all that being said, Evan, is that enough for me to take the Warriors in Toronto this weekend? It's not. I'm taking the Toronto <laughs> Because I just like, – the travel has got to catch up to you sooner or later. Toronto is a good home team. They're 4-2. and two. They just beat the Bandits. The Bandits just beat the Warriors. Everything tells me take Toronto. Now, if Vancouver wins, I'll be, I'll be okay with that. But I'm taking the Rock here, Evan. I'm taking the Rock at home. Uh, they came through for me against the Bandits as well there last week. So, uh, Toronto it is. Third game on the docket, and it's uh, it's a rematch of sorts here, Evan. Let's not forget this uh, this 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 game here is the one and only's Riptides win in their franchise's history. But this time they go to the Dirty South to take on the Georgia Swarm. Riptide at the Swarm, Evan. Who you got? Okay, so you're going to have Lyle Thompson who knows what happened last time. You're going to have Randy Stotts who knows what happened last time. You're going to have all these guys that are in the back of your mind, like, how did we lose this game? I think Georgia tries to make a statement here. Give me the swarm. I concur. I don't think there's a whole lot of dissection that needs to go into this selection for for either of us here. Georgia needs to, to kind of get on their horse a little bit, and I just think they're flat out a better team and, and at home and all the rest of it. Give me the swarm. As well, moving. Oh, there's six games this week, Evan. I could be uh, I could be up larger than just two, but well, no, I can't because now we have both of the same team. Uh, anyways, let's move on. Philly at Buffalo. This is an intriguing matchup here. Wings at Bandits. Who you got? One team that I'm starting to have thoughts that I never thought I would this year that they're a playoff contender in Philly. A Buffalo team, which is still the inconsistent Buffalo team. I don't know which team I'm getting. It's in Bandit land. I'm going to take the Bandits, but for no other reason. 
man, I thought you were going to take Philly there, and I was going to take Buffalo. But now that you've taken Buffalo, you almost convinced me to take Philly. Can I come back to this pick in a little bit here? Can we do the next uh, couple games? No, you got to put. We're putting you on the spot. Let's go. Is that in the bylaws? You got to flip a coin, then that's your flipping your coin. Is that is that in the bylaws? Evan, I haven't. Hmm. You know, in, in our replay rules, you got your you got your sixty seconds to make yeah. your pick. Okay. okay. <laughs> Man, I need to. I don't need to panic here because I'm only down three. Can Zach Higgins stop? Do the you bandits? believe enough in Philly to? Is Brett Hickey going to play? Is my big question. going further behind or not? Man, there's still another couple tough games to select here. I almost feel like I should just go first and then I don't have to worry about what you're doing. I just do what I think is best. And now I was going to take Buffalo. I'm going to stick with Buffalo. I'm not changing just because you took them to. Uh, there's lots of time to make up ground. There's no reason to panic. All right. Uh, San Diego and Colorado reunite. Uh, last time they met was in Vegas. It was 17-10 seals. In that one, but this time it's in Mile High, Evan. Who you got? I honestly, this is the toughest one of the week. It it really is because you got a San Diego team that has struggled, but showed a lot of brilliance in Vegas. They knew how to get around the Colorado defense. They knew how to get past Dylan Ward, but it's a game in Vegas. Maybe that's just got something to do with it. You never know. Colorado lost four of the last five, but the team's too good to lose five of the last six. I'll take the mammoth. Mammoth. Can Nick Daymood do it again? Is Frankie going to be back? Austin Stott's playing his second game. 17-10. I don't know if he just shake that off. But I think you're right. I think Colorado is going to be about as desperate of a team as you can get. San, I'm taking San Diego, Evan. They've chased Dylan Ward every time they've played. I just remembered that. I don't know if they'll chase Dylan Ward again, but there's something there with that fact. No other team can say that except San Diego. Orangeville coaches knowing the book on an Orangeville goalie. Taking San Diego, Evan. I'm taking the Seals on the road. To beat Colorado, I'm not super confident in that pick, but that's who I'm taking. One more game to go here on Week 12. So you got Philadelphia, second game of the weekend, both on the road here as well, Evan. They play in Buff, then New England on the Sunday. Who you got? And let's recall, this is the game that Callum Crawford scored in overtime and there wasn't an overhead to see whether or not there's a crease violation. So so that makes it tougher. Here's the simplicity behind my pick, and that is Philly's playing the night before. The easiest way to get between Buffalo and the casino is a seven-hour bus ride. Now, it's, it's a 5 p.m. start, but they're still going to get in around – 5, 6 a.m., trying to get a nap in, trying to get into your routine, that's not going to be easy. I think because of these external circumstances, 
Got to take the Black Wolves. I'm so on the fence on this game. I do not know what to do. I'm getting a coin. Getting a coin, Evan. Hang on. All right, I'm back. I think this is uh, my first coin of the year. You've done the coin at least once, have you not? No, not not during the NLL season. Did it during the summer several times. Okay, coin is going up. Heads for the home team, tails for the road team. Tails never fails. Give me Philadelphia. So you could be six behind after this week. So we better get this bet settled. Well, or we could be even Stephen as well. All right, news and notes is how we end off the podcast each week here on Lacrosse Classified, episode 66, almost done. Uh, what do we got here for news and notes? BCLA changing some awards. They named an award after uh, Lacrosse Person of the Year, I believe, for, after Sean Gill when he was still with us last year. But And not to take anything away from the legacies of the people that they have changed the names of the awards, but I think this is a progressive move here by the BCLA to kind of honor some of the new, and, and they're older, but to connect people of generations to people of generations and the people that the, the these awards were named after way back when I don't know who they are but the people that they have now named these awards after I'm very familiar with do you see what I'm saying here Evan is I don't want to take anything away from the people that they're taking the name away from but I think it's a way to kind of keep the history and the generations connected by doing this sort of thing yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because, you know, would the NHL ever change the name of the Vezina to the Broder Award? Well, I, I doubt it. I don't know, right, but I but, think they should maybe entertain that. Like, how does Wayne Gretzky not have an award named after him or Gordie Howe not right. named? So I think there's there's a conversation to be had, and, and the BCLA but, has taken steps to, to do this. But the conversation maybe needs to start with the NLL if it's the Tavares Award or the grants were Matt Vince when he retired, mm. you know? Yeah, no, I, I just, you know, like, I don't know what do you, if you wait 25 years or 50 years and then whatever, I don't know how, what you classify a generation as anyways, let me tell you about this. The art doused award is now changed to the less Wingrove executive of the year award. The Del Martin award goes to Dr. Don Hedges for the trainer of the year award and the Leon Hall Association of the year award now is called the Jack Crosby Association of the year award so I just Les and Jack no longer with us Doc is is still with us and he is in fact my doctor and has had a huge impact on on my lacrosse career and and my life and I couldn't be happier for these three names and, and legacies and families to have that honor bestowed upon them. So congratulations to Doc and, and to the Crosby family and the Wingrove family, obviously, um, for that honor. I wanted to bring up the fact uh, why we have two T's and who you got. I figure we got a lot of new listeners now, Evan, and people are probably wondering. I saw a couple of tweets, and they didn't use two T's, and I kind of thought maybe it's time to, to reinform, recap this once again. My name is... Is spelled Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T. It continuously and constantly throughout my entire life gets spelled with one T. 50 chance getting it right. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, I and, and, and the other reason, so two T's in Elliot, two T's in Got. The other reason is because who you got is, is a pretty commonly used phrase or term 
when picking games. I've seen other lacrosse accounts, other sports, other leagues use this phrase, and we thought in order to distinguish ourselves from the rest, Evan, two T's on the end of got, two T's on the end of Elliot, two T's to distinguish ourselves from the rest of the masses when using the words who you got. See, you, you still let your name spelling bother you so mm. much. I, I anticipate that people are going to screw up Schimmenauer 90% of yeah, the Yeah, well, of course, so man. Your, like, your name has like 47 right, letters in, the, in it, Evan. Mine is, you know, it's pretty – it's it's not Jones, but it's not uh, Schimmenauer either. Like it – I don't know. For me, one but of the, the biggest – thing, Elliot, is spelled with a single T. Yeah, but – Right, that's the difference. I don't know. I don't know why it bothers me so much, Evan, but now it's to the point where it's like OCD. Like, I cannot not say something about it when it happens. It it drives me up the absolute wall. And I just think, like, you know, you're, you're spelling somebody's name. Like, take a little pride in, in whatever you're doing and get the person's name right. Like, it's not... Anyways, two T's and got two T's and Elliot. Who you got? That's uh, the reasoning behind it. So when you're using that hashtag, make sure you're putting two T's in there. Uh, did you watch the WLA draft, Devin? No, I didn't. Why not? Because I got so much other lacrosse stuff going on and coaching and work and everything like that. It's I need some time to just veg. Fair enough. Uh, I had an excellent night there at the Langley Events Center. Uh, Reed Bowering, Anthony Kalinich getting protected. Uh, Trey LeClaire was the Langley Thunders' first-round selection. I think the night highlighted by a monster WLA deal where Langley sent four draft picks and three players to the Maple Ridge Berards for the rights to one Frank Chiliano. So, Thunder get uh, Trey LeClaire and, mm-hmm. and a few other players, and they get their goaltender in Chiliano, which was a big-time move there by Rob Buckin. And, and here's something that Travis Cornwall brought up, and maybe it's worthwhile discussion, is should those compensatories be at the start of the draft? You no, know, because it's making yeah. making these these draft picks that teams are trading for worth a lot less when it's not going to be a – like a superstar player that's going to be the face of your franchise. I hear you. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll take that under review in the summer, Evan. I, I think Travis made some good points. <laughs> he, he just absolutely barraged Curtis Dixon on Twitter. Curtis had a little comment about, yeah, you know, like uh, maybe develop your player. Whatever. And Travis went off with about 20 tweets. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, anyways, let's move along. What else do we got here, Evan? We talked about the replays. Uh, Mark, we talked about Mark Matthews only getting one point. Mark Matthews has never played a National Lacrosse League game and gone scoreless. Did you know that? Yeah, well, he also had that streak for a long time of, what was it, 50-some-odd games without a goal. Mm. Without or, a goal. Or, or, or with or, with or, a sorry, goal. With, with a goal, yeah. Okay, sorry. yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so he, he narrowly avoided that uh, on Saturdays. He got a late assist there in Colorado on the ninth goal, I believe. So anyway, streak still live there for the mailman. Uh, I saw our, our good friend and listener of the show, uh, Violet, uh, had a Mr. Delicious tweet that I just felt the need to, to get in there. Anytime I can say Mr. Delicious on the podcast, I want to work that in somehow, Evan. So I, I put it in news and notes. <laughs> you know, uh, there's there's nicknames out there. That one stands out. I, I wonder. We got to get Brock on one of these. Days. We do have to get uh, Big Dave Brock. He, I think he would be a great, 
great conversation. Very outspoken as well. Uh, AKA Mr. Delicious. Maybe we'll have David Brock on the podcast sooner than later. Calvin Rosebury, uh, Saskatoon official, Ian Garrison having some travel issues uh, on the weekend, was in Vancouver on Friday, was supposed to be in Saskatoon on Saturday, couldn't get on a flight, so Calvin Rosebury steps onto the turf for his first official duty as a National Cross League official, and I thought he did very well, and I had a chance to kind of talk to him briefly before the game, and I was like, oh, you're getting your first game, and he's like, oh, he kind of like shook it off, yeah, not a big deal, whatever. It was a big deal. <laughs> you could see it in his face. It was a very big deal to him. Uh, congratulations to Calvin well, and his first game, and, and rep in Saskatoon in the National Cross League. Well, and what threw people off, for those that don't know this, during the pregame introductions when they're announcing the officials, right. You know, Ian Wilson gets this, you know, big roar from the crowd being a local guy in the penalty box. And, the you know, his replacement's wearing number 55. So everybody is assuming it's Ian. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, uh, it was a little bit funny there. Yeah. Yeah, Ian actually having to step into the penalty box uh, so Calvin could step out onto the turf. Calvin was supposed to run the 30 that night, but... Uh, Gary wasn't there, so uh, congratulations to him, and I'm sure more to come. And speaking of more to come, last thing I got here on News and Notes, Evan. Oh, no, actually, I got two more things. Uh, This one, though, 900 assists for one Daniel Dawson. My goodness, 900 assists, Evan. This This is something. Congratulations to Dan Dawson. Yeah, and he racked up back-to-back hat-tricks. He's, what, 38, 39, something like uh, that? He's 39, yeah. He plays better than most kids play at 18, so. Crazy, crazy. I I don't know when when it's going to stop, but it's not stopping at 900, I can tell you that. Last thing I got here, and last but not least, uh, Evan, Katie Lavin. Just today, named the new vice president of marketing for the National Lacrosse League as they continue to build their leadership group there at the NLL office. And I've never met Katie, but I know I like her already, Evan. A female lacrosse player from Big Red Cornell. Uh, what's not to like here? They add to the stable, VP of marketing, and she's a lacrosse player. This this is a this is a good marriage right here, is it not? It absolutely is. And we just got to get Katie some Twitter followers. I think she's only got 45, so we got to work on Throw that. Throw out the handle. What is it? Uh, I'm not aware of what it is. I can't remember what it okay, is. Okay, well, you look like, that up while yeah, I I'll wrap up, up the podcast here. I'm about to do that. I want to thank Joel McCready for coming on the program. And uh, I want to thank Ryan Dilks for coming on the program as well. Two great conversations there, as usual. To our sponsors, G. Wilson Construction, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs, and Stampede Tack and Western Wear for their continued support of the podcast. Make sure you're supporting our sponsors. That is how you keep this podcast going. And... uh, Thanks to you, the listener. Of course, we've got to thank you guys for, for listening to Lacrosse Classified each and every single week. Uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we like bringing it to you. We're going to be here for as long as you keep listening as well. So thanks uh, to you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified. Do you get that Twitter handle, Evan? It's K Lavin, K-L-A-V-I-N-20. 
There you go. That's how you follow the new VP of Marketing, Katie Lavin, right there. Welcome to the National Lacrosse League. We may have to get Katie on the podcast. we got to get Mr. Delicious and, and then maybe Katie as well. Maybe two different episodes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> if we got everybody that we wanted to have on, I think we'd have a 10-hour long podcast. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we may have to do it. One a day or something like that. Uh, okay, that's it, Evan. Uh, don't forget to follow us as well. I'm at PXP for Sports. Evan is at Shamwax. Instagram is Lacrosse Classified. Twitter is at Wax Class. Smash that follow button. And then wherever you listen to your podcasts, Lacrosse Classified will be there. Hit that subscribe button. It gets delivered straight to your phone every single Tuesday when we release this podcast via the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. We're done on episode 66. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.